He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad! Oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the 73rd hole. Colby Powell, Sam Humphreys with you. No Taylor Williams today. Schedules can be a little tricky in the summer, so Taylor is out uh, today and probably the rest of this week. Sam will be out here soon as he's getting married in just about 10 days. You nervous yet? I mean, I know you're not standing over a putt at the Utah Championship with a tour card on the line, but you nervous? I'm not nervous about getting married. I'm nervous about everything going according to plan. Fair enough. And I think so, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I just sat on my uh, headset yeah, here. That's not going according to plan at all. That's not going according to plan at all. Yeah, that's no, but, uh, 10 days? No, 10 days. You know, 10-day contract. Being a bachelor. A 10-day contract. There you go. You're on a 10-day no. contract, and then uh, you'll be signed to a two-way deal with the team for a <laughs> lifetime extension. Yep. I can't wait. I can't wait. It'll be fun. Uh, Going to be headed uh, to Hawaii after that. So I'll be gone for an extended period of time, but that means i got to get all my uh, dumb opinions out now. Yeah, so. exactly. And and uh, I'm sure that there are, are plenty to go around today because we've got a lot to get to. Uh, first off, we've got Josh Creel, who just won on the Corn Ferry Tour coming up with us here in just a little bit. You're not going to want to miss that. Um, he's going to take some time out for us after winning the Utah Championship, which has him right on the verge of a tour card with one event left on the Corn Ferry Tour schedule. It is going to be electric this week at the Pinnacle Bank Championship on the Corn Ferry Tour. We've got a lot to get into with that. Nellie Corda wins gold uh, for the Women's Olympics. We weren't able to be here yesterday, so we still got a lot to get to. Let's start, though, with Abraham answer the Oklahoma sooner gets it done Sam it has been a long time coming for Abraham answer to hoist a trophy uh he's been so close so many times just seems to come up a shot or two short when he gets in contention not this time Harris England stumbles Bryson DeChambeau stumbles he ends up winning in a playoff taking down Sam Burns Hideki Matsuyama it was great stuff and Abe answer is now a PGA Tour champion and not only that he did it at a WGC, so now he's a WGC champion. I love it, and I think that TPC Southwind brought us the most entertaining tournament I've watched, just in my opinion, all year. I mean, you had guys uh, like DeChambeau and English falter on Sunday, and then in the playoff and in regulation, you had Abe Answers, Sam Burns, and Matsuyama hitting some absolute lasers into 18, which is not an easy hole. I know that Dustin Johnson holed out on that hole. I don't know what it is. There must be something in that left water over there uh but guys just seem to uh have some onions on that hole but we you know you you didn't mention uh cam smith on yeah. 18 too i mean i have to give cam smith a little bit of respect i mean i love the fact that he just went balls to the wall right there uh the mullet man himself L let me ask you this <laughs> could he not have tried to be aggressive like gee i don't know on the tee shot maybe, <laughs> maybe we don't spray the tee shot 80 yards right near an ob fence that i didn't even know existed and then we i just i could couldn't believe he made that swing off the tee. He took driver to be aggressive, and then he totally bailed out, and he literally almost hit it out of bounds on a hole where I didn't know there was out of bounds. Well, I mean, he did hit it out of bounds eventually. That's true. 
He did. He clanked it off a tree but, and sent it straight out. How about out that lady bounds. standing about .2 inches away from uh, oh, Cam yeah. Smith's ball over oh, there? Oh, yeah. Uh, but, but we had that on 18. We had uh, DeChambeau in the final round. I guess I'll go with Harris English first. Harris English, all he had to do was shoot a <coughs> four-over par on Pardon the back. Me, <laughs> yeah, some kind of no, a throw. No, we, we we talk about sneaky chokes, and we'll get to sneaky chokes here in a second. But this was an obvious choke by Harris English. Even though I will give Harris English a little bit of credit, I guess uh, you know. I hate the fact that they put the final group on the clock. That makes no sense to me. Uh, and it, 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 he even in his post round press conference, he said that it did mess with his mind a little bit. And uh, and Harris English, you know, all he had to do was shoot four over on that back nine, and he's in that playoff. Here, okay, so here's what I think is nonsense about them being put on the clock. Bryson had to get a ruling. There was a fence involved. Mm-hmm. Bryson had to get a ruling. The ruling took a while. So now they're behind, right, because of the ruling. But it's the final group on Sunday with the tournament on the line. I don't understand why their clock doesn't at least – take that into account. Like, we can't keep them on the same clock that they were on when Bryson has to wait for rules officials to come over, wait for rules officials to make a ruling, wait for everything. And I'm not blaming Bryson. I'm blaming the rules officials and the rule itself for putting them in a situation where because he had to get a ruling, we see rulings happen all the time. Now they're on the clock. They're rushing. Harris English was clearly rushed. He played poor golf on the back nine, as did Bryson. It's kind of becoming a theme for Bryson. Yep. But I just did not like the way that played out for the final group. Yeah, we speaking of four over, we had two other guys uh, that shot four over uh, on the day for all 18 holes, and that was DeChambeau and my guy, my pick, Scotty Scheffler. Uh, DeChambeau, I mean, on the day, around the greens, I mean, the man was just struggling uh, throughout the whole tournament. And in round four, uh, I'm going to pull this up here. DeChambeau uh, was off the tee. He he lost almost a shot and a half to the field off the tee. Uh, and I mean... It, Do you know how crooked you have to hit it to hit it that far and lose a shot and a half off the tee? I mean, that's terrible, dude. I mean, it, I... DeChambeau, I, I consistently see DeChambeau losing tournaments and, and playing bad in rounds due to course management and course management alone. Yeah, no, he he absolutely, if he could get his course management dialed in, he'd be in good shape. But just back to answer, because it's such a monumental yeah. win for him in his career. Do you realize where that moved him up to in the official world golf rankings? Is it 11th? Right? He is 11th. He is ahead now in the OWGR of Jordan Spieth, of Rory McIlroy, of Victor Hovland, wow. of Tyrrell Hatton, Patrick. Patrick Reed, Hideki Matsuyama, Daniel Berger, Webb Simpson, Scotty Scheffler, all guys behind Abraham Answer in the official world golf rankings. He's just on the verge of cracking the top 10. In 10th is Harris English, who had a chance to win the golf tournament yesterday and was unable to do it. But Abraham Answer is now the highest ranked player in the world who played his collegiate golf in the state of Oklahoma. I don't wow. think anybody would have made that bet a year ago yep. at this time. So Abraham Answer has played some remarkable golf. I, I just want to point that out. It was around a year ago at this time that we saw Abe kind of come on the scene it was. At, uh, at at the President's Cup. Yeah, at the pre- well, President's no, Cup was, two it years was in ago. 19, two but, years but at the Soft Masters. Yeah, Soft Masters. The Soft yep. Masters yep. that DJ won, Abe was a big contender there. But the, the reason I point that out, because I, I just want people to understand, it's not like Abraham Answer is some guy who just popped one week. 
It's not like he's just some guy on tour who just popped and had a good week, and, you know, there it is. Abraham Hansen's been playing consistently good golf. Yeah. He was 23rd ranked in the world a week ago, and that's without winning on the PGA Tour. Now he's up to 11th. Um, he now has as many PGA Tour wins as Tony Finau and Louis Oosthuizen. So, round yeah. of applause for our guy, Abe Answer. I love it. Boomer sooner, Colby, at, for Abe Answer. And I'm looking it back. It just means more. <laughs> Hashtag SEC. There's only one. Uh, so, I, I'm looking back here at Abe Answer's stats uh, throughout his career, and I think this is very interesting and very telling uh, of the confidence that Abe has had in 2020 and 2021. Uh, You know, his strokes gain total uh, in 2021 is 1.52. Last year, it was 1.32. In 2019, it was 0.75. In 2018, it was 0.5, a half a shot on the field. And then every other year before that, going down all the way to 2010, he was losing more than a shot on the field. Strokes gained. So there's something that he is doing in his game, and I think it's strokes gained approach uh, specifically uh, that is allowing Abe Answer uh, to really dominate these fields. Uh, you know, and, and not dominate the fields, but really just consistently be up there in the top 15, top five range. And that's how he's 11th in the world right now. And and his putting stats uh, over the last two years are monumentally better than they have been. Yeah, absolutely. He's been unbelievable uh, this year, and he's playing great golf. He's got himself up to 11th in the world. I think he's kind of cementing himself as a guy who's going to be around on that President's Cup scene for quite some time now. Yeah, and how how badass is it that he, he has the sponsor on his hat is his own company? Yeah. Yeah, that's Azul. baller. I yeah, mean, that's that, a big flex. <laughs> that is a huge flex. That's a I huge love that. flex by Abe Answer. And I want to give credit to uh, OU Men's Golf on Twitter, to mm-hmm. Coach Ryan Hibble on Twitter. They were all over it all weekend, not just on Sunday. They were all over it. Abe had a chance to win. And, you know, I, I just I started thinking on Sunday as I'm watching this play out and I'm watching them on Twitter with Coach Hibble and OU Men's Golf, you know, OU Golf collegiately has now pretty much caught up to Oklahoma State, right? They're the two best teams in the country, have been for a few years. But on the PGA Tour, that success at the college level for OU hadn't yet translated. We were still waiting for that OU star to pop on the PGA Tour like a Ricky, like a Hovland, like a Wolf. And answer is that guy, the first one there. And now what I think we're going to see for the next decade or however long both of these programs stay at the top, I think we're going to see OU and OSU put equal numbers of guys on of the PGA Tour, and I think that that will even just continue to be better for college golf in this state. The more guys that these these college programs have on the tour and have winning tournaments on the tour, it just brings more excitement to these college golf programs when people constantly have that in front of them. No doubt, and I, it's that Ryan Hibble wave of that first recruiting class. You ha- he had Gellerman, he had Abe Answer, he had Charlie Saxon, uh, and, and he would have had another great player, Kyle Lewis, rest in peace. And so that, that first recruiting class uh, Ryan Hibble really set the tone with the culture that he wanted uh, for the Oklahoma <coughs> Sooners, and and it's continued to have success throughout the years. Um, and, and by the way, I want to go back to this tournament specifically really quick. We talked about the choke from Harris English, the sneaky choke from Bryson, uh, where all he had to do was shoot four. All, all, all English had to do was shoot four over on the back, all all DeChambeau had to do uh, was shoot four over on the day to be in that playoff. And then Wait, we no, had- no, Bryson did shoot four over on the day, I thought. 
Or no, he was 41 on the back. No, no, what no, did he shoot no, on the no, front? No, he, ch- he shot four over. All he had to do was shoot even on the day. Okay, I'm even sorry, on I got even confused on the day, with yep. the four overs. Yep. yep. And, and, he, and then he made sure to uh, lip out like a three-footer for par on 18, yeah. just for good measure. Well, speaking of lip outs on 18, that's what I was getting to, was the originator of the sneaky choke, Sam Burns. <laughs> Sam Burns on 18 just hits an absolute beauty uh, of an iron shot into 18 on that second playoff hole uh, and then doesn't make the putt. And it, it looked... It wasn't a terrible putt. It wasn't like a Will Zalatoris putt. Speaking of, it's pretty interesting that Will Zalatoris gained a full shot on the field putting this week because it doesn't look that good. But they were going in. But Sam it, Burns, it's interesting that he gained a full shot on the field putting and didn't contend because he hits it so well. You think anytime he makes well, putts, well, you he's had guys contend. out there like Cam Smith with eighteen putts. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> which was pretty epic yeah, in then, its own way. It, but it, it it does kind of make sense at uh, TPC Southwind because it the greens aren't that easy to hit, but uh, right. but they're pretty flat, so you can get it up and down at TPC Southwind. Yeah, right. That's why everyone here in the top 10 gained almost at least a half, or at least a full shot uh, on the field, except for Dustin Johnson, uh, who is sneakily just consistently playing, you know, decent, and I think he's going to pop eventually, too. Um, but yeah, Sam Burns, Matsuyama, how about that shot by Matsuyama into 18 out of the rough? I mean, what a shot, just right at the pin. Twice! <laughs> In the first, well, the first playoff one he pulled. First playoff hole and the second playoff hole, he takes it just right over the water. The second playoff hole from the rough, he actually aimed over the water and cut it in because I think he knew he needed to make birdie. Sam Burns and Abans were way down there throwing wedges in. I think he figured one of those guys was going to birdie. So Hideki's like, hey, I'm going to take it over the water and cut it. You're right. He did pull the first one. I think he was probably aiming at the stick. On the first one, I think you think he was aiming a little right. I thought he was aiming at the stick from looking behind him, but he definitely still pulled it at least somewhere between five and eight yards. It kicks up, and then he almost made the putt. If that putt doesn't wiggle right the last four inches, then we're probably not... I mean, we're not talking about Abraham Anser winning his first tour event because Hideki was just on the verge of having it, and... That's a kind of a big lip out for Hideki because he might have been in the driver's seat for player of the year had that gone down. I, I agree. I still would Rom, lean toward Rom. I, I would lean toward Rom. I, and that's just my opinion. I think he's consistently been the best player on tour all year. Plus, yeah. he doesn't get credit for that memorial win as You're well. Right. You're right. You could go Morikawa. I wouldn't be mad. Uh, Hideki right now, I would say, is out. And like, because of what you just said, yeah. I think if he would have won, he would have been right in that conversation as well. And then you mentioned the missed putts. I mean, Abe Answer left two right in the jaws, or he left the first one in the jaws, the second one burned the left lip. I thought it wasn't going to be Abe Answer's day, but then he hit that great shot out of the right rough where he judged the flyer, beautifully landed it short of the green, and it rolled up towards uh, the back portion of the green, and he gets it down. Uh, so just an absolute great tournament uh, to watch there. I thought it was super entertaining. Yeah, and by the way, Will Zalatoris finished T8, but he never really contended. I mean, yeah. Zalatoris was never there like, oh, look, this guy's got a chance to win the golf tournament. I never felt that way. Uh, I really didn't feel that way about Berger or Casey either, even no. though they only finished a couple of back couple back at T5. Uh, some other guys who had good weeks, some sneaky uh, top 10, top 12 finishes. Spieth finished T12 with 63-67 on the weekend. Rory goes 66-66-66 the final three days after an opening 72 to finish hey. T12. And then your pick, Scotty Scheffler. 
Scheffler, what's up, man? 65, 65, 67, 74 final round for Scheffler. He seriously looked like he might win the golf tournament for three days, and then he just kind of imploded well, on himself on Sunday. You know what Scheffler's deal was, was he couldn't putt on Sunday. He lost 2.61 shots on the field putting uh, and 1.3 off the tee. So you, can't you know get what? The that'll out. do it. Yeah, that'll do it. I want to ask you one quick question on the Ryder Cup, Colby. Do you pick Ian Poulter now, now that you see that he's playing really good golf? And Probably because he was the third. He was the third of, of those guys when when Taylor and I went through it. Uh, that you were saying you might pick him, you might not, and now he's playing some good golf. I think I pick him, man. I think I, I pick think him. You have to. I mean, it's it's a combination of current form and the fact that you know he's just an absolute assassin in the Ryder Cup. <laughs> he really for is. no reason at all. The assassin in the pink and blue plaid pants. In Poulter shows up and he's like Cam Smith on Friday, one putt a hole. I yeah. mean, he's just a one-putt guy, whether he hits the green in regulation or not. Ian Poulter's a one-putting machine in the Ryder Cup. I think I'd have to. Yeah. I don't think I could you, avoid you it. you got to so. pull up this old playing lessons with the pl- playing playing lessons with the pros. Oh, is it pretty good? With, the, with Ian Poulter. And, and he, he has this comment where he goes, I just hit every putt firm because I know if I run it four feet by, I'm making it coming back. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> that's so good. The, good the confidence you have to have to do that and then the swag you have to have to say that out loud, that's pretty good stuff. Yeah. Uh, all right, that's great tournament. WGC, FedEx, St. Jude Invitational. How about the Olympics on the women's mm-hmm. side? Got a little intense coming down the stretch. Uh, we both nailed Nellie Corda with the gold. Taylor had her with the silver. I uh, also had Lydia Coe with the bronze, so two out of three for me, um, but it was a great event. I thought the Olympic golf went off about as smoothly as you could expect. I think there was actually more drama on the women's side than I probably anticipated. I uh, I kind of thought Nelly was going to run away with it. She played pretty average golf the final round, but did just enough there at the end with the par on 18 uh, as her counterpart makes bogey, and she wins by one. So Nelly Corda continues the dream season. Major championship, number one in the world, Olympic gold. I don't know how it gets much better for Nelly Corda. Nelly Corda has to be the most dominant we've seen since Annika Sornstam. Uh, but that wasn't the most surprising thing of this tournament. It, in fact, it didn't surprise me at all that Nelly Corda got the victory there. It was this girl named Aditi Ashuk. And listen to this stat, Colby. She gained 13 shots on the field putting throughout wow. the week. And and she was just hitting she couldn't hit it anywhere. She was hitting long hybrids out of the rough uh and, and everything. Aditi Ashuk shot 67, 66, 68, 68 and didn't gain a shot on the field T to green. And didn't medal. I feel so bad for her because I mean, she's never gonna have a putting week like that again in no, her life, right? No, I mean, that's just not. that's putting into the ocean. No, that's, that's career. That's putting into a temporary hole. We had temporary greens uh, out at the greens for a while. You're putting in those ten inch wide holes <laughs> on the temporary greens. I mean, that's what it's like to putt that way. And she comes up one shot shy of a medal. Uh, Nelly Corda has had a really dominant season. Uh, NB Park had a couple. Yanni Singh had a few. Obviously, Annika Lorena was dominant. Ochoa for a little uh, bit. Yep, Ochoa yeah. was great for a while. But I think Corda's that next. What we're looking to be that next big star on the women's side that we look back in a decade and we say, oh, eight majors, number one player in the world for an extended period of time. And she's been really good for American golf. I'm trying to see uh, Jessica Corda, her sister, was the next highest American, and she was down at T15. 
at nine under, eight shots back of Nelly. Daniel Kang was another shot back, uh, or pardon me, another two shots back of Jessica Corda. And then Lexi Thompson finished in 33rd all the way down at three under. She failed to break 70 on Thursday and Friday, which really cost I mean, her these throughout girls, the week. These girls are good, man. 17 under. I did not think they were going to go as low as the guys did. I, did. Yeah, I mean, they, they're just they're unbelievable. They don't miss. They, they hit the ball so, so straight. They hit it so far. I promise people don't think they hit it very far on the LPGA Tour. You're wrong. They yeah. they hit it further than I do. Yeah. I promise Nelly Corder would leave one of my tee shots in the dust. Same thing we saw with the men. I mean, those pure greens and those girls can putt and chip. And, I mean, it's unbelievable uh, what they can do. And, I mean, 67, 62, 69, 69 for a 17 under for Nelly Corder. I mean, I don't care if you're playing the burples from the front fringe. That's yeah. tough to beat. Yeah, exactly. So, Olympic golf overall success? Oh. Absolute great success. I, I have more respect for Olympic golf, even though I still put it behind the players. Probably, I, I I put Olympic golf above the FedEx Cup now, whereas I didn't before. Okay, see, I still, mm, I don't know if I can go FedEx Cup, WGCs. I think it's online with the WGCs. I don't know if I can go above FedEx Cup because that's the whole season long culmination. Fifteen million on the line. Okay. I 18 do. now. They, they moved it up to 18. Did they bump it to 18? Yeah, just wow. last week. Yep. Golly, they're giving away so much money. Um, that'll be interesting come uh, one and done season toward the end of the yeah. year. One and done was not too great to us. I last don't know year. if it goes into effect this year. It might go into effect maybe, next year. Maybe, maybe, maybe. But, uh, yeah, it, it's the Olympic golf, I think, was great. Um, it And... I don't even think it's fair to Olympic golf to compare it to the majors and stuff like that because yeah. we know that those are like the, the holy grails of golf. But it's still a big, big deal, uh, and I thought it went remarkably well over at Kasumagaseki Country Club just outside of Tokyo. Yep. Um, USAM going on. Getting yep. underway yesterday just outside of Pittsburgh. Um, Brian Stark, 66 in the open round. So... 312 competitors. It'll be reduced to 64 players after 36 holes of stroke play between two courses. Top 64 move on to match play. That will then be contested over five days and will culminate with a 36-hole championship match on Sunday. It will be on broadcast starting Wednesday. Peacock from 2 to 3 our time and then on Golf Channel from 3 to 5 our time Thursday. A little earlier in the day on Peacock and Golf Channel. You can find all this on GolfChannel.com. And uh, historic Oakmont Country Club is the host. Brian Stark opening 66. USAM is always big time. It was unbelievable last year at Bandon Dunes. You remember we had the story of uh, of the caddy getting down in the bunker oh. at the last USAM and kind of rifling around. And we had a cowboy in contention. Amon Gupta was right there at the USAM. Bunch of cowboys have had success at the USAM, both cowboys and Sooners in the field. So hopefully yep. somebody can throw out some low ones and get hot in match play. It's just... I mean, match play is what match play is. We, we know it. It can be random, but uh, you just got to go out and beat the guy across from you. So hopefully somebody from in-state can get hot this week. No doubt. We're definitely Team Stark. Off to a good start after the 66 uh, yesterday. Uh, I, I want to talk about the women's USAM a little bit, Absolutely. too. Absolutely. Uh, uh, Yu, <laughs> Yu Jung Ho uh, and Jensen Castle were in the finals. And, and what a comeback by Jensen Castle. I watched a little bit of this. She's uh, – uh, Let's see, a junior at Kentucky, uh, and and 
you know, she was two down going into uh, the second 18 and ends up winning two and one. Uh, so heck of a comeback by Jensen Castle of Kentucky uh, over Yu Jung Ho. Uh, and, and I mean, just absolutely, they played Westchester Country Club. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the women's side was great. The men's side is going to be great. Um, so looking forward to the conclusion of the USN that'll take place this weekend uh, as the Wyndham Championship will be played on the PGA Tour. So we're going to take a break. After the break, we're going to have Josh Creel join us. Josh Creel, originally from Wyoming, played his collegiate golf here at UCO in Edmond. Now he plays out at Oak Tree National. He was out there uh, just a couple of weeks ago getting ready for the Utah Championship. The uh, location of one of his biggest heartbreaks in his career. A couple of years ago, he loses in a playoff to Chris Ventura, and he gets sweet, sweet revenge on that golf course this year as he goes out and wins his first event on the Corn Ferry Tour and launches himself squarely in position to compete for a PGA Tour card. So we're going to talk to Josh Creel, ask him all about getting his first win, what it means for him moving forward, and how nervy he will be this week knowing that a good finish could get him to the PGA Tour. That's all coming up next. Stay with us here on the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof, it is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at McRaeRoofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y Roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McRae Roofing for your free inspection today. Welcome back. Rolling along here on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Colby Powell, Sam Humphreys with you today. Taylor Williams will be back with us next week. We're thrilled now to welcome to the show Josh Creel, who just won on the Corn Ferry Tour at the Utah Championship. Big putt on number 18. Move Josh from 64th to 32nd now on the season-long Corn Ferry Tour race with one tournament left in the regular season. Uh, Josh, an unbelievable week in Utah. I know you were there in the playoff a couple of years ago with Chris Ventura from Oklahoma State. Uh, you know, I know you've been grinding out here at Oak Tree National here locally and stuff. What was was going on inside your head, inside your chest? What were you feeling when that putt dropped on number 18? Oh man, I was pumped. Uh, like you said, I was out in the, I was in the playoff with Chris Ventura two years ago and uh, didn't get it done. And that's a crappy feeling. So to see that putt go down and look back at the leaderboard and know that Uline uh, would have the whole one from wherever he hit his tee shot to uh, force the playoff was pretty cool. Pretty cool feeling. 
Josh, just tell us a little bit about, I, I read that you were going to take this week off in Omaha, but now you're thrust right into the thick of this thing for the Corn Ferry Tour, being 32nd. Uh, just tell us a little bit about your mindset going from that super high and then got to be right back on it in Omaha. Yeah, so that's the, uh, I mean, that's the funny thing about the profession that I'm in is, you know, you you go have the biggest week of your life and 24 hours later, you know, that, that's behind you and we're on to the next one. So, yeah, uh, had I not won or been into, had a finish to where winning in Omaha would not get me a regular season tour car, I'm going to skip Omaha and just get ready for the playoffs. But now we're, I think we're 200, a little less than 200 points behind uh, that 25 spot. So, we're going to go grind it out this week and uh, see where we end up. Let's go get it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Josh, I'm really I'm fascinated with the journey of professional golfers. It's the Wolves, the Hovlands, the Morikawas. That's not how 99.9% of guys do it and try to make it uh, on to the PGA Tour. We, we've talked about this with Taylor Gooch, with Taylor Moore, the journey of building up through different tours and having to just kind of earn your way incrementally step by step to the next level so just tell the listeners a little bit about your journey uh from college to where you are now how long it's taken you to get there and just the absolute grind that it's been to uh earn your place in professional golf yeah it is uh it's definitely a grind a lot of people think it's private jets and lamborghinis and it's definitely not uh i grew up in wyoming Came down to Oklahoma, went to the University of Central Oklahoma there. Uh, was fortunate enough to win the national championship there in 2012. And Coach Pat Bates said, why don't you go give this thing a try? And got home from the national championship, packed up, went out to the East Coast and played a couple of E-Tour events and missed both cuts and was like, man, I don't know, maybe this professional golf thing is is a little harder than I thought, and it definitely definitely was. Uh, from there, played in Canada, bounced around some U.S. mini tours, the Adams Tour, APC Tour. Uh, finally got some status out on the Corn Ferry Tour, where it was the Web.com Tour at the time. Uh, had a little bit of success, and then, yeah, I mean, kept working hard and seeing some results, and got close a couple times, and then, Last week, it all came together, and we got it done. Josh, we've seen a lot of guys uh, in the past go from the D2 ranks or the APT Tour likes, like a uh, Rian Gibson uh, D2 or the uh, guys like Sam Stevens on the APT who are having success now, and, and you did kind of that same route. What advice would you give to a guy uh, that's coming from maybe uh, a lower rank like a, like a D2 or a uh, APT Tour uh, that just to uh, stay on that grind, like what kind of advice would you give to a guy uh, that's in that situation right now? Yeah, uh, you know, a lot of people think that you got to go play at a big Division One school, or you got to go play PGA Tour Canada or Latin America or whatever, and you don't. There's a there's great golf, no matter whether it's the Adams Tour. Uh, I don't know what the Hooters tour is called now, but there's there's great golf everywhere you go. No matter where you go, you're going to have to shoot a number each and every week. So as long as you can get out and go 
compete week to week and see where your game's at and uh, try and get in contention and get those feelings and see how you react under pressure, I think that's a good thing. You don't necessarily have to go play at that. What people think are the best, you know, tours or schools or whatever it is. Just get out there right. and compete and see where your game's at. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that I, I read a quote where you said that you thought you could win at this level, but now you know for sure. And and what was that feeling like? Because you make birdie there on 18. You've got a few guys uh, chasing you. Scores were incredibly low. Scores are always incredibly low on the Corn Ferry Tour. It's unbelievable how deep you guys take it uh, to win tournaments on that tour. But, you know, once it sets in that you are the winner, obviously the putt on 18 was thrilling excitement. But then once you realize, okay, I've won on the Corn Ferry Tour. I can do it at this level. Let's go get another one and try to play on the big stage. I mean, what what's that like to prove it to yourself that at this higher level you can get it done? Yeah, so, you know, when it, whether it's your junior golf, high school, college, whatever, you always think you're good enough, but you don't, you don't know until you know, right? So I've always thought I was good enough to win out here. Uh, had been close a couple times and then got it done last week. And I'm like, all right, we won. So let's, uh, let's go get one more and then go test ourselves against the, the best in the world. Yeah, no doubt. And whenever I talk to guys out of Oak Tree, and there's a bunch of good players uh, out there, they all say that the guy that they would least like to play in a money game is Josh Creel because he's an absolute gamer. Just take, <laughs> just take me into the mindset uh, of Josh Creel, and I'll tell the – people a little story one night we were watching uh the last dance together the michael jordan documentary uh and you gained some inspiration from that and that you were up you know working out at 7 a.m the next morning after having some beers the night before it's just because you have a different mindset than a lot of people do i think and i think that that could be inspirational inspirational and motivating to some people yeah uh you know i've always felt maybe a little like i'm I was behind the eight ball because I grew up in a cold weather climate for the most part. In Wyoming, you get about three and a half months of golf weather if you're lucky. And other than that, it's, you're indoors for the most part. You're not swinging a golf club outside. So I've always felt like I've had to go do things that other guys weren't doing necessarily. Uh, and nowadays, that's not really the case. Everyone is doing everything they can or should be doing everything they can to get to the next level. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think growing up in Wyoming, you got to be a little bit tough. Uh, having an older brother obviously helped toughen me up for sure. <laughs> he used to whoop my ass all the time. But, yeah, I think I think just uh, having that self-belief and, and never throwing in the towel, you know. Uh, there's a lot of guys who – when they get down or whatever, I've seen guys shoot three over on the front nine in the first nine holes of an event and just absolutely throw in the towel. And that's not, and I don't have that in my body at all. Like there, there's no give up. There's no feeling sorry for yourself. None of that. Uh, so like you said, when we were watching the last dance, I know that motivated you too. Um, yeah. Seeing, seeing the best to ever do it and, what he had done, uh, if that doesn't get you motivated, I don't know what will. So I was yeah. pretty jacked up, and, and we got after it. So, yeah. 
Yeah, so one thing I'm curious about, you're a member at Oak Tree National, you practice out there, you play out there. I would imagine uh, on a normal week, if you play and practice at Oak Tree National and then you go to a Corn Ferry Tour event, you're going to an easier golf course. Well, what do you think that, that playing and practicing at National at a place that is such a difficult golf course, there are not a lot of great places to miss it, and whenever you do, you have to work hard to get in for par. I mean, what has that done for your game that it's, it's almost like swinging with a, uh, you know, guys in the MLB swinging the, with a weight on their bat so it feels lighter whenever you go in. I feel like Oak Tree National is the weight on your golf game and then it feels lighter whenever you get to some of these other golf courses. Am I am I kind of on the mark there or am I way off? No, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, Oak Tree National is one of the few places that I've played in the U.S. That, or across the world really that you can't you can't take a shot off. You miss it off the tee, you're going to have to hit a great shot to make par or get somewhere where you can play it again. If you miss the green, typically it's not a real easy up and down, especially if they get the green firm and fast. So having to focus on every single shot out there and then going to some of these golf courses we play where the rough's down and they're kind of short, it seems uh, – Things a little bit easier, that's for sure. Josh, just talk a little bit about uh, you becoming a new father. You got a baby boy on the way, and talk a little bit about how Alex has supported you throughout the years. Yeah, uh, you know, obviously having a family and being on like the Adams tour would be really, really, really tough just because you got to play so good to make very little money. Uh, so that was always the motivation to get to the next level. And now we've got this baby boy on the way to, I don't know, I think January 10th next year. So uh, there's a little added motivation there to, to get to the next level and play well and hopefully have them come out and travel around with me. And Alex has been great. She's never once not supported what, I've, what I do. And she's, uh, she worked hard to allow me to chase my dream. So she's great. Uh, Josh, I got a couple questions here from an anonymous source that wanted me to ask these. Uh, and, and he says, uh, ask him what uh, he would name the baby boy if it was totally his call. If it was up to me, that boy's name would be Rowdy. <laughs> Rowdy Creel. I love it. Uh, and then, and then <laughs> yeah, but, uh, <laughs> oh, anyways, no, we, we settled on Colt. So yep. I'm good with that too. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, and then uh, this anonymous source also uh, wants to know uh, what happened at the Christmas party with the BB gun. <laughs> uh, we learned a bit of firearm safety that night for, <laughs> for, for those who don't, uh, don't mess around with guns a lot. Always check. We got a, or I purchased a, Red Rider BB gun, that was the first gun I ever owned. Uh, obviously not lethal, but uh, we had maybe a couple too many Coors Lattes that night and fired one BB into Gellerman's ceiling, and it will forever be there. <laughs> Yep, uh, and then uh, this anonymous source who may or may not be Michael Gellerman also wants to know what your go-to party <laughs> food on the Traeger is. Oh, Hands down, no question. If we're throwing a party, I'm bringing my jalapeno poppers. <laughs> oh, in I am in on the jalapeno poppers. Are, are they? Act, I mean, yeah. are you making these yourself? 
Absolutely. Cutting them, cleaning them out, filling them with cream cheese, wrapping them with bacon, and throwing them on the Traeger for about three hours. I am in. I am in on the jalapeno poppers. Uh, all right, we do have a couple of questions for you here on Twitter from College Golf Book. Uh, and he wants to know, if, if there was such a thing, like if there's a pro golf tour, uh, a lower-level pro golf tour that utilized the team aspect of college golf, maybe a draft, um, some some four players on a team, uh, a few events like that. Is that something that you think guys would be interested or once you leave college, are guys pretty much just really dialed in on the individual aspect of professional golf? Uh, yeah, I think outside of a, a couple events a year, I think uh, – the team aspect thing should be left uh, when you leave college, but you know it's fun. Like the Ryder Cup, obviously, and President's Cup, like that stuff's great once in a while. But I think week in, week week out, most guys would want to be uh, doing their own thing and, and playing uh, individually. Yeah, I mean, it's tough whenever you've got so much money and so much on the line uh, with careers to make it a team aspect. And then the uh, the two-parter here on Twitter is wondering if they'll get a link to this podcast episode on joshcreel.com, and we've been linked to joshcreel.com, which is a fantastic look into the mind of 2014 <laughs> Josh Creel as you head to Canada to play some <laughs> golf. Were you aware that this still existed on the internet? <laughs> I no, I wasn't. So I got that set up to try and get some funds to go play when I uh, was like two years into my career and found some guys outside of the website. So I wasn't even sure that that still existed, but it's, <laughs> it's good to know. I like I like to go back and see what I was thinking back in 2014. Well, you need to tell your sponsors to go visit joshcreel.com. Uh, Josh, and you, so, you, you need to tell your wife to go visit joshcreel.com. <laughs> you, were, you were very fond of your wife in 2014. Oh, good. Good. Uh, anyways, uh, Josh, we really appreciate it. I know that Oak Tree National is proud. I know that uh, everybody in Oklahoma is proud, and we just wanted to give the people a little insight into who Josh Creel is. Well, one last quick one. I'm just wondering, this week you go up, you got one more event in the regular season, and then the playoffs. You're in 32nd. Top 25 lockup tour cards. How are you feeling? I mean, obviously your game is in good shape. You just won at a pretty high level. How are you feeling uh, mentally as you make the drive up to Nebraska and you'll have just a, a couple of days to check the course out and get going before you play uh, some some seriously important rounds of golf? Yeah, uh, at the moment, uh, I'm bored as shit because I'm driving through Kansas and then Nebraska, but <laughs> game's in good spot, body feels good, mind's great, so... We're going to go out there, uh, keep doing what I've been doing, and, and see where the chips fall. Josh, we really appreciate it. And then, last question, what kind of beer did you put in the trophy? Uh, Coors Light. <laughs> there Very we go. Nice. Uh, Josh, we appreciate it, man. Great luck this week. Uh, you know, Hopefully you get it done this week, lock up that card. If not, you got the Corn Ferry Tour Finals coming up. A lot of opportunities playing great golf. We appreciate it. Best of luck to you moving forward. Thanks, fellas. I appreciate you having me on. That was Josh Creel, formerly of UCO, currently of Oak Tree National and the Corn Ferry Tour. Unbelievable win last week, 30-footer for Birdie on 18. And we uh, we talked to him a little bit more after the interview there. He said that he got 
to bed around 3.45, I think he said, Monday morning. Or maybe his flight got in at 3.45 Monday morning. He flew from Utah back to Oklahoma City, spent a day in Oklahoma, and now driving to Nebraska. That is the life of a professional golfer. Like he said, it's not all Lamborghinis and private jets. You fly back to Oklahoma City, you wake up the next day, you drive to Nebraska. Been a long few days for Josh Creel, but I bet he wouldn't trade it for anything. I mean, what a guy Josh Creel is. That's why I knew we needed to interview Josh Creel after this win. I mean, he he is a hilarious guy, but an absolute gamer as well. Yeah, no doubt about it. And he's uh, he's got a bright future ahead, whether he locks his tour card up this week or not. Still got the Corn Ferry Tour Finals coming up. So uh, hopefully he'll have a big finish this week in Nebraska and vault himself into the top 25. A couple of guys from the state of Oklahoma have already locked up their cards in Taylor Moore and Max McGreevy. It'd be nice to see Josh Creel get it done as well. All right, why don't we go ahead and dive into our preview for the Wyndham Championship this week at Sedgefield Country Club. We're just going to knock that out today as well. Schedules are a little tricky this week week as Taylor's out and Sam is on the verge of getting married. So without further ado, here comes the Wyndham Championship preview. Par 70 golf course, 7,127 yards. It's a Donald Ross uh, design fast rolling Bermuda greens. So we're back on the Bermuda on the PGA Tour uh, here for a little bit. So uh, may, is Sungjae in the field this week? I don't even know. I, I didn't put him in my lineup, so I don't know if he's in the field. <laughs> Usually it's based on uh, my line. He is in the field, 9,600 on DraftKings if you'd like to go the Sungjae route. Uh, I think you were probably a little ahead of me on DraftKings last week. So why don't you go and fire out your cheapest pick. We'll get this thing rolling. All right. So I will go with my guy. 17 and 25 cuts, one top 10, 7,300 on DraftKings. The infamous Doug Gim. That's your cheapest? Yep. Then we're going to find our best friend, Doug, and then we're going to give him a best friend hug. Doug, 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 Doug. Man, I mean, I think I find a lot of value with Doug Gim this week. Uh, Data Golf has him as their 12th favorite this week. And, uh, and so if you can get him at 7,300, Doug Gim, the guy without a picture on DraftKings, go with that American flag and go 7,300 with Doug Gim. I can't believe Doug Gim doesn't know. It's so random, some of the guys who don't have pictures on DraftKings. I've got one in my lineup, but I won't be getting to him for a while. My most cheap option... Starting at 6,200 this week, Sam. So we are clearly not the same this week with our lineups. At 6,200, I'm going to go with a guy who seems to play really well in the opposite field events. He pops a few times a year, played well last week at the Barracuda. I'm going to go with Scott Harrington down at 6,200. He's a less lesser-known guy, uh, but he's been playing some good golf this year at times. He... It's like if he makes the cut, then he has a pretty good week, and, and he'll kind of get himself up a little bit. If he misses the cut, well, you know what that what it have if it happens, it happens. He's about 50-50 to make the cut, but at sixty two hundred, playing some good golf, I like the value. And then at seventy two hundred, Matt, 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 Matt Jones, I love it. <laughs> that came in way hot, by the way. I mean, Matt Jones is coming you in so hot on a drive Tuesday. Off the road. Matt Jones is coming in hot on a Tuesday at 7,200. It's been a while. You know, he was playing great golf earlier in the year. He had the win, and then he's kind of faded. I think it's about time for him to make a reappearance uh, at, about, at a 7,100-yard golf course, fast Bermuda greens. Uh, I like Matt Jones' chance this week. So 7,200, it's my second most expensive. Hit me. All right, my second most expensive is the Second local, least expensive, Or second me. least expensive, excuse me, uh, is the local guy. Taylor Gooch, 17 of 23 cuts, three top tens, 7,700 this week. And I love 
that value considering he's gaining shots, uh, gaining almost a half a shot strokes gained approach around the greens 0.25 uh, and putting 0.26. So total, he is gaining almost a full shot on the field per round. Uh, and at Sedgefield uh, in 2020, he shot a pair of 65s. Uh, so he has some good course history there as well. So at 7,700, I really do see some good value with Taylor Gooch. Yeah, I like it. Who you got next? And then my next pick uh, is Johnny Vegas. Uh, Johnny Vegas, 19 to 24 cuts, four top tens. I don't understand uh, why uh, DraftKings keeps keeping him in the 7,000, 7,800 for Johnny Vegas this week. No respect. No respect. I mean, he's finished top five in like three of his last, uh, or in three of his last, uh, like 10 starts, I yeah, think. I, I, I don't have it right in front of me, uh, but he's been playing some really, really good golf. Uh, Johnny Vegas there at 7,800. Yeah, and for me, uh, you already talked about it. Taylor Gooch at 7,700. I had him penciled in my lineup as well. It's, you know, at this golf course, let me pull up the previous winners. The the, the past winners at the Wyndham. Last year was Jim Herman. Year before was JT Poston, and then Snedeker in 2018, Henrik Stenson in 17, Siwoo Kim in 2016. So we've seen some guys that aren't necessarily you know, top 10 players in the world pop and win at Sedgefield. And I think Donald Ross has that effect a little bit with the way he designs golf courses. Uh, I think Taylor Gooch, uh, we're, we're waiting. We're right on the verge of him having his breakthrough. Uh, we have been for a while, so I hope he gets it done this week. Got him in at 7,700. And then at 8,000, I'm going to go with a guy who I think will be fairly low-owned this week, uh, but I think that that might be mis- mistaken. Uh, strokes gained total at Donald Ross-designed golf courses over the past 36 rounds. Second in that category is Justin Rose. Justin Rose has gained 37 strokes over his past 36 rounds at Donald Ross Design Golf Course, which means he's averaging just more than a stroke a round on the field at Donald Ross Design Golf Courses. So at 8K, I'm going to go with Justin Rose. Who are your next two? That's a great pick because I am going with Justin Rose at 8,000 as well. Uh, 14 of 18 cuts, three top tens. Uh, That's really good value at 8,000 even though he hasn't played great at Sedgefield the one time he played he missed the cut but I think that you know Justin Rose uh will you know at least make the cut this week he's been playing too well when he's been healthy so uh, assuming he's healthy uh I like Justin Rose this week and then my next pick I am going with 9,300 Matt Wolf and I think that Matt Wolf ever since the comeback he's showed some really good form in his last round at the uh FedEx St. Jude he shot a 67 and gained 4.8 shots on the field uh and at Sedgefield in 2019 he shot 65 67 67 67 Seven. So, I mean, he has some nice. good prior course history here. Uh, and strokes gained approach on the year, he's gaining over half a shot on the field and .3 putting. So, I think that Matt Wolf uh, is a really good pick of those guys at the top, but maybe not going sneaking into the 10,000s range. I, I, I really like Matt Wolf at 9,300. Yeah, and he had a pretty good week last week at the WGC, uh, and he's been playing some better golf. So I like that pick. I thought about him for a second, but since I went low with Harrington, it allowed me to kind of bump up for my last two options here. At 10,300, I'm going to go with a guy we talked about earlier, played well last week at the WGC, but I don't think really expended quite the mental energy of someone who was right there in contention and, you know, Harris English or Bryson DeChambeau or one of those guys in the playoff. How about Will Zalatoris? 
this oh. week at Sedgefield. He's going to stripe it all over the place. These fast Bermuda greens. Hopefully he can roll in some putts like he was doing last week at Memphis. If he's figured anything at all out with the putter, and wouldn't it just be so fitting? I mean, we've talked about Will Zalatoris and the PGA Tour playoffs. He's got a win to get in to be a member. Would it not be so cool if the week before the playoffs he were to win the event and vault himself but just right up into the running for the FedEx Cup? I know you can't change the rules in the middle uh, of the season, it, but it when there's only one guy who the rule affects, I mean, can make we an not exception. make an exception? Uh, he deserves he, to be there. So He definitely I, deserves to I be there. I think maybe, just maybe, the golf gods are going to shine down on him this week. Just maybe. I've kind of been saving him, actually. I would love for, to see For it. the final event of the regular season, I'm like, you know what? What if Willie Z goes out and wins at Wyndham and gets himself into the playoffs that way? So he's my second cheapest option. I mentioned strokes gain total at Donald Ross Designs over the past 36 rounds. There's been exactly one guy better than Justin Rose, and that guy goes by the name of Webb Simpson. Mm-hmm. 41 strokes gained over his past 36 rounds at Donald Ross Designs. He loves these golf courses. Not super long. Putts good on fast Bermuda greens. Uh, so I like Webb Simpson's chances this week. He is my most expensive at 10600 on DraftKings. Webb Simpson I really like too, but he will be highly owned in DraftKings, he so will. I went a different route, uh, and I'm going with another guy uh, that Data Golf loves this week, and it's the most important improved player this year on tour and that's Brian Harmon at 9900 so I don't even have anybody in the 10,000 range uh so Brian Harmon 21 of 24 cuts four top tens and at Sedgefield let me read off his scores here Colby he's gone 67 65 66 68 and then last year he went 65 71 67 67 wow so I mean, yeah. he he has some really good course history here, and he's gaining a full or gaining a half shot uh, putting as well, uh, and so he's getting one point four three on the field per round. Brian Harmon is a great value pick. I don't understand why he's not in the ten thousands, especially on a course where he's had really good su- good success. It's another guy that feels like he's due for a win. It's mm-hmm. just. Unfortunately, you don't just get to be due for a win and you just, hey, you win now. It's still, I mean, you still got to go out and grind for it uh, and get it done, you know? I mean, Gooch feels like he's due for a win. Zalatoris feels like he's due for a win. A lot of these guys feel like they are, but you've got to go get it done over the course of four days. Real quick, I mentioned guys who don't have pictures on DraftKings. Explain to me how Will Zalatoris doesn't have a picture on DraftKings. He doesn't have any FedEx Cup points either. I wonder if that's the cutoff. <laughs> I wonder if you have to be a PGA Tour member I mean, to get Doug your Gim, picture no, on Doug DraftKings. Doug Gim doesn't have one. No, you're right. Doug Gim doesn't have one. Bobby G doesn't have one. It's just random. It's no. totally random. Why would Willie Z at 10300 on DraftKings not have a picture? That's got to be the highest priced guy on DraftKings to ever not have a picture. $10,300? i am going to send DraftKings a picture of Bob Gellerman. Send him a picture of Bob Gellerman <laughs> and send him the picture of Happy Gilmore's caddy for Will Zalatoris. Yeah, yeah. Tell him to put it up. Exactly. If they actually did that... Oh, that'd be phenomenal. That would be absolutely They'd get electric. big, big points. So, uh, <laughs> do you have a one-and-done pick? Do you need the cards? Do you need to see the sheet? No, my one-and-done pick this week is going to be Jason Kokrak. Oh, nice. Jason Kokrak, I haven't gone with him all year, and he's been playing really well. He's the sixth favorite on DraftKings this week. And, you know, at, at this year, I mean, strokes gain putting, he's just blowing away uh, everybody at .78 strokes gain per round putting. Uh, and I really like that on a Donald Ross course. Uh, and strokes gained approach, 0.3. Strokes gained off the tee over half a shot. Total strokes gained for Jason Kokrak is 1.28. Uh, 
Uh, so I really like Jason Kokrak. He's probably the best in this field that I have not picked for one and done yet. So I'm going that route of Jason Kokrak. I like it. This has been the easiest one and done pick I've made in a while. I've kind of just been hanging on to Zalatoris, seeing what's going to happen throughout the summer. He hadn't been at his absolute best, but then he had a good showing last week in Memphis. Putted well. I'm hoping that that continues into this week. And like I said, I just think the golf gods might shine down on him this week because he deserves to be in the FedEx Cup playoffs. Now, nothing short of a win gets him there. He's got to win this week mm-hmm. to make his way in. That's just kind of the way it worked out with his Corn Ferry status, his PGA Tour status. So, uh, Will Zalatoris in the one and done. Also, if he doesn't get into the playoffs and you still have him available, this is your last opportunity to use him in a one and done pool. Season's over for Will Zalatoris if he doesn't win this week. So, I still got him. I'm running him out this week. So, Willie Z is my pick. Uh, Wyndham, I like the Wyndham every year. It's kind of falls before the playoffs, kind of comes after some of the WGC stuff, but I feel like it's our return to normalcy a little yeah. bit this year. We had, uh, you know, obviously we had the Open Championship across the pond, but then we had the Olympics, which was weird. Not everybody was in it. Weird format, weird time of day. Then we had the WGC, limited field, no-cut event. I feel like this kind of gets us back to a sense of normalcy on the PGA Tour where we go out there, top 65 and ties make the cut, and we're ready to roll. Yeah, no, no doubt, Colby. I mean, I, I, I really like the uh, little break in the schedule here because we're going to get busy again with the playoffs and then the Ryder Cup and everything uh, coming up soon. Uh, and, and, you know, these pro golf, you have the college golfers who are busy in May and June, and then you have the pro golfers who are busy this time of the year. Uh, it, it's ironic that once the majors in, their schedules actually get a little more ramped up. Yeah, I mean, right here going into the playoffs, like we said, we had the Open Championship and then the Olympics uh, for the guys who played in both of those and then came back and played in the WGC. Some of those guys are still playing in the Wyndham this week. Then you've got three straight weeks of playoff events, and occasionally we'll see one of the top guys skip a playoff event to rest, but it's tough to do with so many points on the line and the way the tour championship starts at uh, at Eastlake. I mean, you're, you're one guy starting at 10 under par. It's tough to miss out on events that could get you some big-time points. So uh, we'll see who gets it done this week. Hideki's in the field this week. Louie, Patrick Reed, uh, Webb, Kokrak, those are some of the bigger names. Sungjae, we mentioned Fleetwood, Kevin Na, Matthew Wolf, some of the bigger names in the field this week. Any chance Louie finally gets it done? He's still been playing good golf. But- I thought about putting Louie in my DraftKings. Uh, you know, he was just too expensive this week to yeah. be at ten thousand seven hundred. But you I mean, know, he's more expensive than Webb, more expensive than Zalatoris. That's yeah. a steep price for Louis. You know, but I do. I I really want to see Louis get that victory uh, on the PGA Tour. But and it seems like it should happen. And kind of the Brian Harmon thing that you said. You know, it, it seems like. It should, but it doesn't always mean that you're due. So, Louis Ustase, and this is kind of a lame hashtag how high, number one, because Taylor's not here, uh, so we're only going to have one guesser, and number two, because he's at seventh right now, and I'm telling you, seventh is not hashtag how high on Louis Ustase. Wow. So, hashtag how high did Louis Ustase get in his career? Fourth. Fourth, you nailed it. There it is. You nailed it back in 2012. I had got, a one in six opportunity. You right did. There. You had a one in six <laughs> chance, and you nailed it. Fourth for Louis Oosthuizen. So uh, he could probably eclipse that with a few more good starts, closing out the season here. But he's had a great year. Let's see. Where was he at uh, after the Valspar this year? He was the 33rd ranked player in the world. Wow. After Valspar this year. And now he currently he's sits at seven. He's made a huge seven. jump this year. Been a big summer. It's been the summer Maybe of Louis. Maybe most improved. Would you pick Brian Harmon or Louis Ustase most improved this year? I'd have to see I'd have to see a list of the candidates because I feel like there have to be a couple of guys that we're forgetting. Yeah. There have to be a couple of guys that we're forgetting. I mean, I guess you wouldn't – Zalatoris wouldn't be 
Can, is he does even more, eligible since he's not a member? Does Morikawa's both majors count towards player of the year? Or no. uh, most improved? No, because one of them was in the 2020 season. Okay. Because the PGA Championship well, actually took place. Yeah. 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 It took place in August last year. So seven majors. No, pardon me. Six majors in this year. The four from this year, in this season, I should say. The four from this calendar year, DJ Soft Masters, and then Bryson's Taming of Wingfoot are the six majors that count toward this season's Man. player of the year race, which, I mean, going back that far, you forget that whenever you're talking about these season-long awards, I mean, Bryson has a major this golf season. DJ has a major this golf season. It's just weird to program our brains that way because they happened in sec- September yep. and November of 2020. Another guy that could be considered uh, for best or for a uh, for most know, improved. Most improved. Yeah. Sorry, uh, would be Paul Casey. Paul as Casey, well. yeah. Paul Casey, Cam he's Smith had a good year. Scotty Scheffler. Right, Abraham Answer. Abraham Answer. I mean, that's he, a he's, great. Is he eleven? Is he eleventh ranked player in the world? Yeah, honestly, that that would maybe be your answer. <laughs> be your answer. There you go. Uh, but you know, he, I'd have he to actually well look at a year, list. Though, he did. I'd have to actually look at a list and make sure we're not forgetting anybody because there might be somebody that's just come back in a huge way uh, yeah. that that might be it. And so then next year, obviously, Tiger is going to win Most Improved Player. Yeah, Most Improved Comeback come Player of the Year. Of the year yep. All of them. All Pro- probably just PGA Tour Player of the Year. Yeah. Probably win a few majors to yeah. go along with it. Grand By slam. the way, I know you saw it. I hope our listeners saw it. The video that's gone viral the last two days that Taylor made tweeted out: Stingers coming. Yeah. Oh, it's from late 2020. They put a camera out, like, I don't know, 40, 50 yards away on the range and had Tiger hit a this stinger. This went an inch over the camera. Oh, and the sound. That's what's – it's, it's they, intoxicating. No, that was a fake sound, wasn't that it? That is not a fake sound. You, you, don't, you, think, no, that, let me play you think that's real? Let me play it on the pod. I know exactly <laughs> where to find this. I think my phone's While still connected. While you're looking that up, I will go ahead and give my one-and-done pick for the Corn Ferry Tour, and that's Josh Creel this yes, week sir. at the Pinnacle Bank Championship. We will be rooting uh, for Creel this week at the Pinnacle Bank. Uh, and it's a pretty good field. Last tournament of the year on the Corn Ferry Tour. You know, you have a bunch of good players such as Hayden Buckley who uh, who played at Missouri and, you know, played well in the U.S. Open and Josh Creel beat last week. And so Hayden Buckley, there's a there's a few other guys uh, in here like Kevin Doherty from Oklahoma State. You have Peter Uline who will be up there. Uh, and so there's a bunch of good guys uh, playing in Omaha this week. So keep your eye on that to see who finishes in the top 25. All right, so here's the Tiger video. I'm looking at it now. He's probably 30 or 40 yards away from the camera on the range. He hits a stinger, misses the camera and the microphone by about an inch. And this is only two seconds, so I'm going to let it play on a loop a few times. Tell me that this is that this sound is fake. You hear contact, and then you hear the ball whizzing by the microphone. I don't think this sound is fake. We might need some listeners to weigh in. Here we go. We'll let it play a few times. Contact and then the ball. I mean, <laughs> think of how close that ball is to the microphone. I think that that sounds real. I think what it, the more that I hear it, it might sound like they slowed it down right at the end. Like, wheel. Maybe, maybe. It's, uh, yeah, some of these, I mean, it's just that golf Play ball it one is more coming time. That so is so hot. satisfying, though. <laughs> If that's a fake sound, that's the <laughs> sickest fake sound of all time. That is. Whoever made that fake sound, if it is fake, should get an instant promotion because that is so, so good. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to choose to believe it's real. I'm going to choose to believe that Tiger wins at Southern Hills next week. That's what all of next Colby's year. shots sound like. 
That's what all of my shots sound like. Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. Now, what direction they're going, nobody knows. And do they actually sound like that? Colby's no, absolutely shots not. sound more like Cam Smith's on eighteen. <laughs> Clank, <laughs> out of bounds. <laughs> As it bounces around in the trees, yeah, good stuff. Uh, I played. Uh, so you played Jr's little part three course oh, yeah. down south side oh, of Oklahoma yeah. City. Played it for the first time Friday night. Me and a buddy played a little two first man, time two man scramble JR's? out there. And can you need I to get cultured? Colby. Can I just say I really do? I've driven past it a million times. I'm from Chickasha, driving to Oklahoma City. I've driven past it a million Surprises times. Me. Never been down there. Uh, well, I've never like. Lived in that area at all. I live in Chickasha, which is 30 minutes away. Now I live in Northwest Oklahoma City, which is like 25, 30 minutes away. Yep. So I've just never been right there, convenient, close by. But I got to say, I was remarkably impressed with the condition of the course, the driving range, huge driving range, perfectly level, perfect grass. Yep. Green, greens were smooth as glass, bent greens. The rough lines were cut out good. Bunkers were well-maintained. I thought it was just going to be a, a little, you know, dumpy part three course on the side of the highway. No. It was awesome. Yeah, it was it's an great. awesome golf course. So. It's great. They have that Friday night scramble, two-man yeah. scramble. That's that, what we did. That people play in. Yeah, we did won. You, did you make any money? Well, no, actually, we would have won if we'd have shot in several shots lower. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. we did not win. Yeah. We uh, we started on one. We made birdie. Hey. We proceeded to make eight pars in a row. Yeah. And uh, it, I think three it, under one. It it's harder It's harder than you think. I mean, it is. You've got to get up and down from like 150 yards or 100 yards. 100 yeah. to 200. There's one hole that's 200, but pretty much every shot is 100 to 125. And you got to get up and down from 125 with two people. It's not yeah. that easy. And there's actually, there's several holes. I'd say there's three or four holes that are still in the 140 to 160 range. Yeah, and you're playing at night. Don't really have, I mean, by the way. Depth One perception. of the most satisfying things ever is shooting out of your rangefinder the pin at nighttime, yeah. and and it looks like you're going code red on it, like yeah, like it you're is. a sniper. It's nice. It's yeah. I mean, it was great. It was a great golf course. Lights were up. It was a great night. So uh, absolutely, we had some fun. Only thing I regret is I didn't have any cash on me. Some guys in our group wanted action on the first tee, and I was like, "Do you have Venmo? I don't have any cash on me. If you got Venmo, I'm down for action." I didn't have any cash. They didn't have Venmo, so we didn't have any action, and they uh, yeah. they they would not have been in in the running for the money. The key. I think they finished like four over. So I was like, God, if I'd have had cash. We got we'd had some action. The key at the the JR scramble is to get there a little early uh, and pick up a golf cart because you you want to be able to have a few cold ones, a few clubbies uh, yep. in, in the golf cart, uh, and then and then you you can just sit and chill while you wait on uh, because it's a pl- pretty slow uh, slow round there at JR's at nighttime and it's humid and hot, but. You know, JR's is a good time. They, they do really pack it. it. It took us about two hours and 15 minutes probably, but it was worth it. It was a blast. Yeah. Had a lot of fun. The clubbies were flowing, not just us. We did see them in the carts as well. Uh, the clubbies are awesome. You've got to go out and get you some. They are a more drinkable version of the Oklahoma Staple, the club special, the official seltzer of slicing limes, not swings. Lemon and lime, natural flavoring, has electrolytes, does not contain artificial flavors. Perfect for a hot day on or off the golf course. The freshest, smoothest, leanest, greenest, number one seltzer in golf. And when you've had too many seltzers and you fall over and you hurt yourself, go see our good friends at the Oklahoma Spine Clinic, Dr. Beecham and Dr. Brawley. Dr. Beecham does non-invasive. They will get you taken care of. Total individualized patient care. Dr. Brawley was recently named as one of the top 20 spine surgeons in all of North America under the age of 40. The Spine Clinic, okay.com on Broadway Extension, just off uh, just off Broadway Extension and Britain here in Oklahoma City. We missed anything today, Sam? I think we got it covered. I don't Olympics? think so. We went Olymp- Nelly, Olympics. Nelly, Abe, Nelly, Creel. Abe. I mean, How good was Creel, by the way? Creel is... 
that was one of my favorite interviews we've ever done. Y'all, get, get on Twitter and show Josh Grill some love. Let him know yeah. that you appreciate him coming on the 73rd hole, telling stories. Just absolutely and just having down a good time. to earth guy. Just, you know, he's a down to earth guy that's just really good at golf. Yeah. It's funny, whenever we called him, uh, I was like, hey, man, how much, how much time you got? 15, 20 minutes? He's like, well, I've got about six hours until I get to Nebraska, <laughs> so you tell me. Yeah. I'm like, all right, we'll do 15 or 20 minutes here. Yeah. So he had plenty of time, uh, and we appreciate him take, taking some time for us. It's an intense week, man. Corn yep. Ferry, not only on the Corn Ferry, but on the PGA Tour. I mean, there are going to be several guys, a lot of guys at Wyndham, and we're going to have the 125 tracker up on the screen. Also, mm-hmm. you know what could impact whoever's at 125? Let's say Will Zalatoris is in a playoff. Everything else is set. Everything else is set. Then whoever is at 125, whoever's at 125, though, is watching the playoff rooting as hard as you can possibly root against Will Zalatoris because if he were to win in that scenario, it would kick whoever's at 125 down to 126, and he'd be able to claim his FedEx Cup points. We could get into some weird, wild scenarios on Sunday. That would be insane. And imagine that stroke if Will Zalatoris has a three-footer to win. Oh, God. Oh, God. A three-footer? to win and get into the FedEx Cup playoffs. That thing is going straight inside. <laughs> I mean, it's got to miss the whole three inches right. right? No, he's going to make it. He'll make it. I, I would I would be rooting extremely hard I, I still uh, think the super Will bad yep. to make that. I still think the super bad yep we got at Royal St. George's was from the back injury. He had just hurt his back on the previous swing. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. does it make you yip a putt that bad? I don't know. But if, if he already fights the yips anyway and then he was battling with his back, I mean, we've never seen one that bad from him. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's not good, but like I said, they're going in. It doesn't look good, but they're right. going in. Right. So He writes his name a little bit, but he squares it up at impact, and <laughs> next thing you know, it's, it's a long hole, name. So it's a long name. <laughs> Will Zala Torres. He writes the whole thing every time on the way back and on the way through. It goes in, though. Uh, so good stuff. We appreciate everybody listening. Like we said, shout out Josh Creel on Twitter. Let him know that you appreciate him coming on and joining us, telling some stories, talking about getting his first win on the Corn Ferry Tour. We're back next week. We'll have a lot to recap. We'll have a new USAM champion. Everybody enjoy the coverage of that on Peacock and Golf Channel going on up at Oakmont. Uh, and then we'll be back next week. Sam? What are your plans next week? You're getting married, bud. So uh, I don't know. You're gonna be with us, or are you taking the week? Old eight twenty one twenty one. I'm gonna have to do a show next week. I'm gonna got. I gotta keep my mind off of all. You know, making sure that everything goes right. We got everything done. We got everything done, and now you know it's kind of the just sit and wait and wait and wait. So uh, I'm super excited uh, to marry my best friend Reagan Aguirre, future. Reagan Humphreys. So Hold on, her last, name pretty good. her last name is pronounced Aguirre? Yeah. Okay, I, I thought it was Aguirre all this <laughs> no, time. No, it's it, spelled Aguirre. It, it's a, yep, it is spelled Aguirre, but it's Aguirre. It's so, definitely spelled Aguirre. It's so. about to be spelled Humphreys. It's about so. to be spelled Humphreys. So, uh, yeah, so you'll be with us for at least one show next week, though. I'll, I'll be here. Okay. I'll be here. Sounds good. Sounds like a plan. We're back next week. Thanks for listening to the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma.